What's up, everybody, and welcome to a very special installment here on the Theory Underground channel. This clip that is following from my little introduction is the first time that Anne, my partner, had ever done a solo live stream. And so this is something that happened during the two-day, 30-hour um, live stream marathon event that I did last month. Um, and it was an opportunity for me to unplug from the internet and go for a quick swim to kind of get refreshed and everything like that. And it was an opportunity for Anne, not just to practice her solo streamer capabilities, but more importantly, um, to talk about digital literacy in relation to critical media theory and why we were excited to be teaching this course. Um, but the reason I feel compelled to put this at the front end of the video clip is because I have to correct a couple of facts. Um, so all of the videos that I've been putting out for like the last month have said that the critical media theory and digital literacy course begins um, on what May fourteenth, but actually it's not going to begin until June eleventh, um, I believe. Let me just double check that. Uh, yeah, so it begins on June 11th. It will go for the second Sunday of every month for six months. And the reason that this course is being drawn out that long is because this is not just theory, this is also practice. And so this, w w the idea is, is that we don't overload ourselves with too much stuff to do. We're going to take on just a little bit every month. And it's just as much about thinking theoretically about media and technology in a deeper way than almost anyone has ever thought about it. Um, it's more importantly about living with our devices, living with ourselves, uh, developing relationships with other people, and uh, we'll have a variety of experiments. And so Anne might touch on some of those here in this clip, but there's a lot more coming soon. So. Um, this will not be the only opportunity to be involved with this course, but it will be the only opportunity to be involved in the version of this course that is um, taking contributions, essays, exemplary um, works, and putting those into um, a volume on the topic of digital literacy and critical media theory. And so this is this is a sort of beta trial for something that we plan on repeating often at Theory Underground. Um, so people who want to be on the ground floor definitely get involved. But more importantly, if you are a researcher in your own right, if you're trying to become an intellectual or a scholar in your own right, and you see the importance of understanding the way that the medium uh, fundamentally alters the message, the messenger, and the entire world within which we live, um, then this is definitely going to be a course that you want to take. If you are suffering some f from cell phone addiction and looking to come into a freer relationship with your devices, yourself and other people, then this is definitely a course for you. And so with all that said, I've made my plug and now I'm going to turn it over here to this special historic occasion of Anne doing her first solo live stream. So put your hands together mentally and uh, let's do it. Boom. You're on. Boom! We're on. What's up, everyone? It's Theory Plebe. Ah, just kidding. Theory Plebe's got some really bright Theory Plebe. Dave, you don't go by Theory Plebe anymore. Got some bright orange swim trunks on because he's going to go jump in the pool. I need to go touch grass. Because he's been sitting inside since awake, since 6 a.m. Uh, so I'm taking over. What's up, everyone? <laughs> Yeah, so for those who don't know who I am, uh, you've probably seen me now like what seven times in this ad that's run and heard my voice a bunch of times in that ad, but I am Anne Snellgrove. I am a fellow traveler, but I'm also Dave's uh, current fiance, soon to be wife in July. We're pretty excited. And along with that, I am also going to be co-teaching uh, the upcoming course that begins in May called Digital Literacy and Critical Media Theory, or it's Critical Media Theory and Digital Literacy. It's one of the two ways. Um, and this course is going to be really cool. It's going to be really exciting because Dave is going to be kind of focusing on the theory side. So we're going to be reading some Marshall McLuhan, some Baudrillard, who else? A little bit of Heidegger, talking about technology, you know, McLuhan is, like, really influential in talking about 
and theorizing about technology, Heidegger on technology, lots of, you know, Baudrillard on like the spectacle and duopoly, I believe. And so I'm excited for that just to kind of dive into some of the more difficult theory that I don't always get a chance to explore uh, because my interest lies a little bit more in the social science side of things. I still really enjoy the theory, but I'm just excited to learn that and kind of be in the role that Dave has been in for like, for they know that what they do, kind of the student trying to learn, doing some hystericizing, some question asking, but then I will be kind of in charge of that more like social science slash practical side of the course. And maybe you're wondering, uh, why are they teaching like self-help books in a theory underground course? First of all, it's not all just self-help books. Some of them, uh, I'm gonna kind of introduce some of the books that I'm excited to talk about that I'll be excited to teach during this course. Um, but I think, you know, with, with theory, not only is like doing theory and philosophy just important for like our own minds, our, our souls, kind of building our humanity and self-actualizing to be able to think about the world in complex ways and have meaningful conversations with others. But I would hope that when we're doing theory, we'd want to be able to apply some of those things that we're discovering, those realizations we're having, the connections that we're making, and apply them to our own life. And so by incorporating some more of the practical texts that do talk, you know, specifically about our day-to-day -day cell phone use, technology use, and kind of pers helps prescribe us some tools, uh, exercises to try to better our relationship, I think that'll just be like an extra added helpful step along with the theory. And then one thing that these books lack on their own is some of that like actual philosophy and actual theory. And so I think they're going to pair really well together. And I just think it's going to be like a cool ex experience to really talk about this like new technology of social media, cell phones, computers, the internets, television, the media that I think we're all kind of like critical of at this point. You know, we all know, oh, it shouldn't be on it that much. Oh, it's not good for us. Oh, the media lies to us. But then have a basis in why and really understand like what it's doing to us as human beings. You know, I've never read Heidegger. I'm excited to read Being in Time, Division One this summer. Sign up on theoryunderground.com. Uh, Theory-underground.com, excuse me. Um, but I do know, you know, tackling... Oh, you're still here. Oh, dear God. I don't know. Uh, threw me off my groove. No, I'm just kidding. Um, oh, last question for you. Where's the live chat if I want to look yeah, at it? Yeah, show you. There's Sorry more, for the interruption, use, folks. You want to use this. Where was, oh. where was that? Oh, it's just... I had it hidden behind things. All you need is this and this window. This is the one people... Oh, okay. See, and that's the one Cool, so I don't need... Okay, gotcha. Be good to her and chat, everybody. <laughs> okay. Um, anyways... I've never read Heidegger, but I do know that in Being in Time especially, he tackles this idea of, like, being, of Dasein, kind of, of, like, humanity. And so this technology, this social media, this phone that, like, literally lives in our pocket all the time, which I'm going to throw back there, I don't need it, um, is, a, like, a fundamentally affects our being, I think, and, and who we are and how we are living in this world. I mean, you know, kids growing up with with screens like in front of their faces rather than playing outside is my like biggest fear in life is seeing families out at dinner and rather than sitting and drawing on the kids venue and playing tic-tac-toe or playing games or talking about the week or hell, fighting, they're all like sitting on the parents are sitting on their phones, the kids have a tablet and are like watching some YouTube like video and that I'm like, oh, we're doomed, we're doomed as humanity. And so that really does change our being in the world and how we're relating to other people. It's it's so different and it's, it's not just a matter of, oh, we'll just don't do it. Like it has radically shaped how we just interact with the world, how we perceive the world, how we're able to get information in this world, how we, I mean, even just with social media accounts, like you kind of have this new persona you take on because of 
what you're trying to show the world, who you're trying to show them that you are versus like who you actually are. I think that's not really something we had before the internet. We, you know, there like chat rooms, which you were kind of like, no, they couldn't, they couldn't really see your face. So yeah, you were talking and maybe lying, maybe saying one thing about yourself or trying to, you know, convey this appearance of what you look like or who you are. But then once you kind of have social media accounts like MySpace and Facebook and Instagram, that's just another, you have this whole other like image of yourself and who you are that you have to upkeep and maintain to show people, oh, I'm this, I'm have, I have such a happy life, such a happy relationship, my house is clean, I eat really healthy. And so all of that is just like, it's a lot to think about. And I think it's, it's a lot deeper than just the, oh yeah, Facebook is bad. So with that being said, I think these two theory and practice are going to pair really well together. And I want to introduce you all to some of the practice side books that we are going to be reading during the, uh, during this course. And one thing to know is that if you sign up for this course, you're going to like, what, six books in six months? Maybe for some people it's reasonable, maybe it's not. But the books, reading like the entirety of these books is not mandatory. Um, we will be sending out like the PDF version of which chapter or chapters we think are the most important. Now, because they are not super dense theory books, uh, you will, you, you might have the time and the energy to read the entire book in the month. Um, that's totally your choice. We will make sure to kind of have a presentation within the lecture that presents kind of what the whole book is talking about if you only read the part that is assigned. Um, and so for this first month in May, our first book is going to be, let's pull it up, Amusing Ourselves to Death by Neil Postman. And so I'm currently honing in on what, uh, section or chapter of the book will be assigned. So stay tuned for that. If you're signed up for the course, we'll try to get it out within the next week here. Let's look at images. Yeah, so this book, Amusing Ourselves to Death, Public Discourse in the Age of Show Business by Neil Postman. Um, he is pretty heavily based in or at least influenced by Marshall McLuhan. Something we also did for these courses is we tried to pair the kind of strategically pair the theory or philosophy text with the practical book. And so this first month we will be reading some uh, Marshall McLuhan excerpts. And then this book really kind of draws off of Marshall McLuhan in the first half. And so those will be going together. Now, this book is really interesting because it was written, I believe in the 1980s, uh, at the time when the television was just kind of the new hot thing. Uh, iPhones, cell phones, social media was not even a thought in the, at this time. Maybe it was for some people who were developing it. But this was really the age of TV, of television. And so the reason we want to read this book is because um, Postman makes some really, really interesting observations about kind of what this new technology was doing to public discourse, kind of the talking specifically about not the television itself, but the medium of the television and kind of how that changed the information that we were getting, how we were perceiving the information. And so not only do we want to talk about this because it was really the first time that Americans had this, you know, amusing, colorful, bright medium inside their house, like 24 hour access to it, right? But we also want to tie it into our modern day technologies, mainly being, you know, the internet and social media and our phones. And it's been really fun to read this book because he'll, Postman will say something and I'll go, oh yeah, well in this day and age, this happened. Like for example, he talks about what year is he writing it in? The 1980s and the president was Reagan? I think who was the movie star president? I should know this, guys. I read I just read this book. Um Okay, whichever president it was at the time. They were a movie star. I I'm, I'm mixing up there's three presidents and I can't remember the name of who it was. But he's like, "Oh, wow, in this day and age, 
the president of the United States, like, our president used to be able to give a, you know, like, 12-hour-long speeches and people would listen, or the president used to be, who was it, Willie uh, Taft, I think, who was, like, pretty big, and his argument was, well, nowadays, oh, go away, nowadays, in the age of television, you couldn't have a, an obese, ugly president. Our current president, or our last president, was a move, a former movie star. And I go, oh, wow. Like, imagine, you know, what he would say about Donald Trump, who, I'm not trying to body shame or beauty shame anyone right now, but Trump was not the most attractive president. I mean, anyone with a fake orange spray tan is just like, uh-uh. In in this kind of description of, oh, well, you couldn't imagine a, an obese president in the age of television. Trump was not skinny, like, compared to other presidents. And Trump was definitely not this, like, well-put-together, well-spoken, respectable person, no matter what side of the political aisle you are on. I think we can all agree. Trump was very much, like, saying, saying some stuff that most people wouldn't uh, say, in, the, in that role of the president of, of the United States of America. And so it, things like that, or a part where he talk, he mentions, you know, I'm not trying to argue that the TV is changing our brain chemistry. I don't think it's doing that. I think, just think it's changing our discourse. Whereas nowadays we have like literal scientific studies talking about how social media use and like screen use shortens our attention spans, um, has like negative effects on our sleep cycles and our eyes. And so kind of drawing those comparisons of, oh, wow, some things he really hit on the head and we see that, but just exasperated in this day and age. And then some things Postman couldn't have even imagined in this day and age. And so this book, I think will be really fun to kind of go through, really interesting to compare and contrast it to today and then pair it alongside McLuhan. Uh, in the first part of the book, he really talks about and unpacks the the kind of history that led up to uh, the television as well as like what public discourse used to look like in the age of oral traditions and speaking and then in kind of the typography age and then um, into the television. And then the second half, he really talks about like what the, the TV uh, as the medium of our news and of our entertainment is doing to us. And I think the, the title of the book is almost his main argument, amusing ourselves to death. Everything has just on the, on the TV that's presented to us on the TV has just become amusement, amusement. You know, he said that the city of our day and age, you know, is Las Vegas, Nevada. Um, whereas in other times it was, you know, Boston, the where the shot heard around the world and the, during the Boston Massacre. And then it was New York with, you know, immigrants coming into Ellis Island. And then it was Chicago, home of the industry. And now it's Las Vegas, you know, flashy, amusing, gambling, girls, 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 now this culture. And so that's, it's a very well-written book. He has a good balance of like research and well thought out arguments and even some theory in there with like, you can, he has a really good writing voice for this book. So that one's going to be, I think a really fun book to explore. The next one that I'm sure Dave has mentioned it on the channel many a time, Reclaiming Conversation by Sherry Turkle. Reclaiming Conversation, Power of Talk in a Digital Age. And so if any of you have read uh, Waypoint, uh, Dave's uh, first book published at Theory Underground, or it was published with NSP previously, uh, you probably are familiar with the concepts of solitude and solicitude, and I believe it's the virtuous circle. And basically the, the kind of parts that we're going to be pulling out of reclaiming conversation is that analysis of solitude versus solicitude. So what is solitude? Solitude is time with oneself, true time without any outside 
thoughts or ideas, you know, influencing your own thoughts or ideas, it is just like true alone time. And I think in this day and age, I'm 100% guilty of this. I don't know the last time I have had like true, true solitude out in nature away from everything. Because nowadays it's, oh, I need to take some me time. And you're maybe you're scrolling on your phone, watching a movie, watching Netflix, even reading. Reading is not considered solitude. Uh, it's it's good. It's something that you should do and incorporate into your day. But it's because your your thoughts are being influenced by someone else's. It's you're not just having time to sit with yourself and think your own thoughts and and reflect. And so she argues that you know in order to have true solicitude, you have to have true solitude. And in order to have true solitude, you have to have true solicitude. Solicitude, on the other hand, is going to be you know, our interactions with other people. And again, that's kind of been co-opted by having our smartphones and our media all around us because it's very rare to see, you know, people my age or Dave's age or even older at this point and obviously younger than all of us um, without their phones at any sort of social event, a dinner, even a date. Um, And so really we want to kind of theorize and talk about what does real solitude look like? What does real solicitude look like? How is the digital age kind of co-opting that? And then some strategies for what we can do to reclaim conversation and reclaim our solitude. So that's going to be a really good book. I can't remember right off the top of my head which that will be paired with. Um, And one thing to note about this course is Along with having monthly reading assignments, I think we probably talked about this in our in a course announcement stream that happened a couple weeks ago, is that every month after we've kind of talked about our theory and philosophy, we've talked about the practical side of things, we will leave you with an assignment or an experiment for every month. so for example, one conversation or one assignment or, or practice that you might have in this month after we read Reclaiming Conversation is you'll be challenged to one, call a friend on the phone that you haven't talked to in a long time and just have like an undistracted conversation with them or maybe someone who you live in the same city as, go meet up with them for coffee, phones away and just talk to someone. And then we'll also challenge you to you know, try to achieve some true solitude in that month by maybe taking a notebook with you and going out, uh, preferably into nature where it's just you. If you have to have your phone with you for like emergencies, keep that in your backpack, no music and just go out. So things like that. The next book that I'm going to talk about uh, has actually built into the book, a sort of practice or a challenge that we're going to Uh, I don't want to use the word assign because none of this stuff is mandatory. It's your life. You're paying for this course. You can get out of it whatever you want to put into it. But this will be something that we will be encouraging people to to try as we finish this book. And that book is Digital Minimalism by Cal Newport. Choosing a focused life in a noisy world. And so Newport's book is about exactly that, this concept of digital minimalism. And basically he starts out by, by talking, saying, you know, I'm not really a person who's on my phone that often. So, but he started to realize just culturally what was going on, his friends feeling like they can never get off of their phones. He even started having some problems with it, I believe. And so he was trying to theorize some sort of way, some sort of life philosophy to have while living with technology and living with phones in our pockets and and laptops on us. And he was thinking, you know, well, these, this group, you know, tries to do this, they turn off their notifications, but that doesn't seem to work. And this group, oh, what else? Like, they... I I can't think of anything off the top of my head, but they do this thing with their technology to try to limit it. And I don't think that's enough too. And so he, he advocates for a philosophy called digital minimalism. So like you think of a minimalist in kind of the traditional sense and they've got 
just the absolute bare minimum of the in their house like very small wardrobe selection only one of each thing and we can you know agree or disagree with that but the reasoning behind minimalism is that you really only want to own things or possess things that have true value to you that genuinely make you happy and that really support your life's values and everything else is like not important it's just an object and you don't need it in your life and so he applies that to the digital world and our technologies and saying basically all this extra junk on our phone you don't need it if it's not truly supporting the values that you have in your life. And so for example, with say Instagram, if you, if you're, if you're just on Instagram to scroll and see other people's posts and compare yourself to others, maybe that's not an app that you need to be on because maybe it's not supporting your best life and the values that you hold near and dear. Uh, but for someone who is value is like connection and connecting with family and and keeping family and friends up to date, then maybe having an Instagram account does support that mission in your life and that value of, of connection and like seeing what's going on with everyone's life. But then you need to really understand th that value first and foremost, so you know how to use the technology or the app or the social media or whatever technology to best support that value. And so in order to do that, he argues, you have to first withdraw from it completely. And so the challenge that Newport puts forward in this book is to do a 30 day digital detox. And so that means that all optional media or entertainment, media for entertainment in your life, cut like cold turkey for 30 days, completely cut it out. But not only is it just cut it out, but then it's try to replace it with something else. So rather than scrolling, it's reading. Rather than watching Netflix with your partner at night, it's playing a game with them or just talking to them or going on a walk or cooking dinner. Um, and what that does, what removing these things does is it really gets you to reflect on the values in your life on what you like to spend your time doing without having the technology and the social media on hand um, and then once the 30 days are over and you've really had that time away from it you've had time to reflect on it then you reintegrate into your life the, the media and the technology that you believe supports the life that you want to live, that supports your values, and maybe you make some changes to how you were formerly using it. I really like this book. I really like the Digital Detox Challenge. It's actually something I did almost a year ago, and it was like pretty successful for me for a few months, actually. I got off of I've been, I'm not on Twitter or TikTok. I real, I was kind of on TikTok when like everyone was on it during COVID, COVID, but I soon just figured out like TikTok is an actual, is actual poison, is an actual virus. I, I don't want to be a part of it. So I got off of TikTok. I got off of Twitter a couple of years ago because I was like, uh, too much, too much politics, too much drama. I don't want to be part of it. But my real weaknesses are like Instagram, Facebook, and Snapchat. Um, and so I did this detox and I was completely off of Instagram. I used my Facebook only like once every few days to check in on a Facebook group that I was a part of for a play that I was in that they relayed like important information in this Facebook group that I needed to stay up to date on. And that's something that Cal Newport talks about in the book is, you know, if there are technologies that are not optional in your life, for example, a Facebook group that updates you on this group that you're in or like a play that you're a part of, or maybe you communicate with a certain person on Instagram and they have no other way of communicating with you. He talks about methods to still have those things. Like maybe you schedule it, you set up a shortcut on your browser to just go like straight to the Facebook group and then 
you check it for a couple minutes and then leave and, you know, only do that once a week or whenever. Um, but I, I did do a, the digital detox and it was, like I said, it was successful for a while. Um, I felt I was spending a lot more time reading and being outside. I was completely off of Instagram. I only use Facebook for that group. I was off Snapchat for like months and months. And I think it was really when I was like getting ready to travel again. I was like, okay, I need to re-get my Instagram because people want to see pictures. I want to, uh, you know, re-download Facebook because Dave and I have a Facebook group that updates people on our travels. I want to have Snapchat so I can communicate with my siblings and friends over Wi-Fi. And so it's like, I came up with these reasons, but I'm like, no, 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 but that's all I'm going to use it for. But then just having it on my phone it's so easy. It's just like habitual at this point. Oh, I checked this too. I'll check this too. Oh, no, I've spent way too long scrolling and watching YouTube videos and looking at things that are not necessary or important or not making my life the best it can be. And so I think this book is especially going to pair well with the philosophy and the theory side, because not only will you have this, this uh, philosophy of digital minimalism, digital minimalism, but you'll also have like an actual grounding in why, like philosophy of technology, critical media theory, digital literacy to help support this digital minimalism, hopefully years after. Like I'm really excited to do this challenge again with kind of a better philosophical basis. Let's see here. So that, those are three books. The last couple that I will talk about um, that I'm excited about is one book is called How to Break Up with Your Boyfriend. Don't Google that. Maybe, maybe Google has good advice. I don't know. How to Break Up with Your Cell Phone? Is that what it's called? How to Break Up with Your Phone by Katherine Price. This is also a book that I read like during 2020, I think. And it also, the first half of the book is kind of setting you up with some of the like social science and the psychology behind our technologies, specifically social media. Uh, for example, she talks about how these technologies were designed by like in, kind of with the same philosophy and in psychological knowledge of the development of uh, like gambling and kind of so she kind of ex exposes this technology and what it's doing to our brains what it's doing to our relationships why it's addicting so the first half of that book is really useful but then the second half of the book is another kind of experiment or practice that she prescribes it's another 30-day challenge and hers is a little bit less like cold turkey 30 days digital detox nothing and it's every day there's a different kind of task and the first week it just starts off with you don't even really make any changes it's just you're observing how you feel you're documenting you know the the way like how many times you're composed to check your phone keeping track of your uh daily usage and then it starts to become okay this day you're going to you know challenge yourself to keep your phone on do not disturb or be away from your phone for this amount of hours. And then I think by the end of this um, book, it's been a while since I've read it and I need to revisit it for this class. But then by the end, it's like, you're gonna have a full weekend without your technology. And so it is a little bit more gradual. And I don't know if we will actually be assigning or kind of all trying to do her um, prescription or her challenge in the same way that we're going to encourage the digital detox from digital minimalism. Uh, but there will be another uh, assignment or something paired with this book. And so this one, it's either going to be, this one I think also paired with a book that I actually just recently discovered a couple weeks ago that I've been reading through, trying to figure out if it will be useful for this class. And it is what? 10 reasons to delete your social media right now. There we go. 10 arguments for deleting your social media accounts right now. 
Jaren Lanier. Lanier. I don't know. Um, so this book I think will pair really nicely with how to break up with your iPhone because I think it's maybe the most, these two books are almost the most mainstream, self-helpy, like easy to read books out of all of them. Um, but Lanier makes, yeah, he gives you 10 reasons. And I think this one will also pair really well with the philosophy because his arguments are very in-depth and he talks a lot about like, not just, oh, because it's bad for your brain, because it's bad for your relationships, but he talks about what, how, like, social media and just having access to this does to your soul, and it kind of makes you, like, a zombie or a slave to it, and so that, in thinking about being and what does it mean to be human and what does it mean to be human in a time of having this technology, it will be a really good kind of practical partner to that conversation. And so those are just some of the books that we're going to be talking about during our critical media theory, crit yeah, critical media theory and digital literacy course, which you can sign up for.com. Oh, I should probably click slash courses. There's probably a shortcut for it. I don't know what it is, but let's check it out. If we go in here to courses, let me go down here to, oh, you're logged in. Maybe it won't work. Digital literacy and CMT. Well, if you're not logged in, let's see, can I? Maybe. HTTP colon forward slash forward slash theory hyphen underground.com. I don't want to log in. I want to go to courses. Digital Literacy and Critical Media Theory. Looks like we've got three or four people enrolled already, which is pretty exciting. Nan says, I'm stoked for this course. Me too. I think it'll be a good one. I think it'll be kind of like a multi-generational talk about... Hey. Yeah, you can. I'm just showing them the website and where to sign up for this course. So if you go to take this course, you're going to see some tier options. Tier one, you get access to the lecture and Zoom calls and six months of access to the lecture uh, readings and the forum, pretty basic tier. Tier two, you get long-term buy-in. And so this includes having access to the course for the rest of your life or for as long as theory-underground.com exists, I suppose. Um, that is a good tier if you know that you're going to want to revisit, if you're the type of person who will be thinking about this course months after the fact and want to go back and read something or drop a thought in, revisit the lectures, um, that is that tier. Tier three is pretty cool because it's everything from tiers one and two, plus there will be an extra monthly meeting that will be kind of like a digital recovery group monthly discussion meeting to reflect on the practical experiments. So I guess kind of like AA, maybe not as serious. We're not trying to compare our struggles to like people who struggle with substance addictions, but it'll just be a group to talk more about the ways that this impacts us in our everyday life, a bit more discussion forum than lectures, maybe some more reflections on how we've been thinking about the theory side in our everyday lives. Um, and then the last tier, tier four, is the assessment and accountability tier. So you'll get everything from tiers one and three. So access to that extra uh, meeting, plus direct constructive critical feedback from Dave via voice messages and or marked up reviews of your assessments, plus access to any of the live and recorded exegetical reading sessions of this text that Dave or Anne will do, plus 
the two one-on-one Zoom calls with Dave going over your theory reflections. Um, the first is to be scheduled while the course is ongoing, the second afterwards. And so this one, if you just really want to take this course seriously, like it is a course and have that accountability and, and dive, dive into this one pretty heavily, then this is a great tier for you to sign up for because you will get that one-on-one time to ask questions, dig deeper into something, uh, that we've talked about in the course that maybe doesn't make sense or that got you really excited and got you thinking. And then there's always tier five, which is the patron tier. So for this tier, if you are already a patron of theoryunderground.com, you will use your special code and it will reduce itself to $50 and you will get access to tier one. Now, if you're not already a patron, what tier five does, and this is for all of the courses, it will give you, it will cost $600, but then for the entire year, you'll basically get that patron uh, privilege, I suppose, by your, every course, you will get that special access code that will give you tier one for $50, and you'll get, you always get tiers two, three, and four on any course for 35% off, which is also what our patrons get. And yeah, this is a really good deal. Uh, if you just want to like pay that one-time fee and then for an entire calendar year, you get that $50 access and the coupon code to at the tier one level. And then don't forget that there is always a scholarship option if, the, if you want to participate in this course or any course, but your funds are a little low, finances are a little rough right now, I believe you can go up to where? It's somewhere on here. It's probably in that ad where to go for the scholarship. Um, clearly, I did not do my homework on being Dave to promote it's the scholarship. It's so hot in here. It's hot in it's here. It's so hot in this room. This computer is cooking up a storm. Woo. Um, we're also, there's just like a giant window right here, and it's like hot here, and so the sun just comes in. Yeah, there you have an underground.com slash scholarship. You can fill out this financial aid form because we want everyone to be able to access the course if money is an obstacle but we also want to be compensated for our time and energy because this time and energy that we are using to prepare for the course teach the course read the books for the course write the lectures for the course is time that we are not working a wage labor job so we can't we can't live on your love and adoration alone sadly if we could we would not that there's that much of it anyway. Hey. <laughs> uh, should we roll the PSA? Do you want to say Let's some closing? Let's roll the PSA, yeah. Do you have any closing things uh, to say? Thanks for hanging out with me, everyone. Uh, I hope this was enlightening. I hope you enjoyed this session of Anne-splaining this course to you. And sign up for the course. Do it. I think this one's really, really important because... There are probably very few of you who don't think you need a better relationship with technology. Just saying. I'm guilty too. I'm like, I'm the I'm the Gen Z of this group. I'm like, oh my gosh, I'm a I'm an addict. And so I think it'll be good for everyone, regardless of where you're at in your life, how old you are, what generation you're a part of. I think it'll be a good one. With that, click the add three courses. Peace, people. Click the what? Add three. Mm -hmm. And now a quick message from our sponsors. Just kidding. This will be neither quick nor from any corporate or state sponsorship. What follows is a description of Theory Underground, a thank you to its patrons, information about the upcoming tour, and three brand new courses that you might want to enroll in. Stay for the whole thing to get promo codes to save on those courses or information about the financial aid scholarship. Theory Underground is a philosophy lecture course gated social media site and publishing house by and for working class intellectuals and renegade academics. The subject matters dealt with at Theory Underground are the most important yet neglected for understanding ourselves, the world, and ways of possibly changing it. Because we have no corporate or state sponsors, only a small band of patrons, Everything in this first year of operation helps immensely. 
Special thank yous to Bert, Nance, Marilyn, Carl, and Adam for your help in the $50 per month patron tier. If you want to help but the $50 tier is too much, consider donating towards Meals and Gasoline via Venmo or PayPal. The gasoline is for our countrywide tour of the U.S., where we aim to meet with supporters of this effort and do events to draw in new people who do not necessarily belong to marketing demographics predetermined by the attention economy. We will be giving lectures, leading discussions, and promoting several brand new books. Our goal is to only go to towns and cities where we have personal invitations from at least one person. We are doing this underground style, which for the hardcore punk scene in the US meant coming for long enough to get to know the area and do multiple events, not this modern treadmill of a new city each night in an attempt to maximize fame and profit. If you are interested in being a host, guide, or volunteer, then please fill out the form at https colon forward slash forward slash theory hyphen underground.com forward slash us hyphen tour hyphen 2023. In an attempt to utilize the resources made publicly available, we will be using libraries for most of our events. So if you have a local library card and can reserve a space for us, we would most appreciate it. Alternatively, some of you might have access to pretty epic venue spaces. Just let us know ahead of time. Now for the courses. The three upcoming courses are What is Sex, Digital Literacy and CMT, Critical Media Theory, and Being in Time. All courses at Theory Underground are available after the fact on demand, but some people get a lot more out of doing it live with a cohort. If you are looking to think deeply about the devices we have become reliant on while experimenting with new ways of reclaiming your attention span and relationship with yourself and others, then check out Digital Literacy and Critical Media Theory, a course that is structured to combat the attention economy while strategically using some of its tools to help us gain a freer relationship to our devices. If interested, an introduction to this course will be shared at the end of this video. Just make sure to click on it. The lectures for this course take place on the second Sunday of every month for six months, starting in May. If you sign up at Tier 3, you also get access to the Recovery Group component, which also meets once per month. Enroll with promo code CMTEARLYBIRDYT before May 13th for 20% off. If you are frustrated by the discourse revolving around gender ideology, left and right, then join us in thinking deeper about sex. Cadell Last of Philosophy Portal is joining up with Theory Underground to teach Alenka Zupanchik's What is Sex? One of the most succinct and cutting-edge works of theory dealing with the topic. Zupanchik is one of the Slovenian circle's most incisive critics of both naive progressivism and reactionary tendencies when it comes to thinking about the relationship between sex, culture, and subjectivity. If interested, watch Three Reasons to Read What is Sex, which will be shared on screen at the end of this video. What is Sex begins in May and goes through June, meeting for four lecture sessions and, surprise, you will actually get to meet Alenka Zupanchik herself. Use promo code WHATISSEXEARLYBIRDYT before May 7th for 20% off. And just so you know, everybody, don't stress the capitalization. I just make it that way so it's more readable. It's not case sensitive. Being in Time is one of the most notorious, profound, and difficult works of philosophy from the last 200 years. Its deconstruction of modernity and fundamental challenge to scientism is a prerequisite rite of passage for any thinker who wants to seriously engage with continental philosophy, social theory, or world change. In this course, you will learn about what Heidegger means by being, being in the world, Dasein, being unto death, and so many other crucial developments. But more important than all these buzzwords is just taking on this work itself and wrestling with the text. Doing so will rapidly accelerate your reading comprehension abilities and simultaneously challenge some of your most deep-seated presuppositions. As before, an introductory video to this course is shared on the end screen of this video or can be accessed from the links in the description. Being in Time Division 1 starts in June and ends July 22nd. Division 2 begins August 19th and goes through October. To sign up for Division 1 today, use the promo code BEINGINTIMEEARLYBIRDYT before the end of May for 20% off. 
if you feel obstructed by the cost of these courses, then we have good news. But before getting into the financial aid info, why are there even price tags at all, much less tiered pricing? First, because some people just want to audit, whereas others want constructive critical feedback or even one-on-one -on -one sessions. The tiers exist so that you can get the value you are seeking while compensating me, Dave, fairly for the time and energy required. Second, the prices set for these courses aim to make Theory Underground sustainable, meaning that it will bring in enough to pay for the costs of the operation, including my personal bills since I want to be a co-earner in the household when my soon-to-be wife and I start a family. <laughs> Thirdly, <laughs> Thirdly, people tend to take the things they pay for more seriously, and we want you to get the most out of this experience. With those reasons aside, we do not seek to exclude anyone who is struggling just to get by. We have a financial aid scholarship option for people who are currently between jobs or who live in a country on a cheap currency, like many of you who watch from Thailand, India, Mexico, or Poland. To name a few of the residents of some of the people who have already received financial aid scholarships in the last couple of months. Because I know what trying to study theory under the stresses of housing insecurity and poverty is like, the scholarship was set up during the first month of operation. Simply fill it out at https colon forward slash forward slash theory hyphen underground dot com forward slash scholarship. Last but not least, stay tuned for the Theory Underground app coming soon to an app store near you on your phone. Yeah. And seriously, thank you for listening or watching to this point. And uh, yeah. Thanks. We look forward to taking these courses with you. Bye.